probably wondering why the screen is still down. I got something I want to share with you this morning. And if you got your Bible, let's go ahead and open up and read some word before we do that. Y'all please bear with my sniffles and my sore throat and everything else. Psalms chapter 19. We're going to read in verse 1 through 3. Psalms 19, 1 through 3. Excuse me. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament, firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Now turn to Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And what that Scripture is talking about is, is those that don't believe in God. They have no excuse not to because of what all of creation shows us about Him and His greatness and His glory. In the video I want to show you, this is, uh, how many of y'all have heard of the Hubble Space Telescope? Pretty much everybody here. This is a telescope that's orbiting around the earth and I'm not going to get too technical, but it can see farther than any other telescope that man has ever created. And you know, I, I remember a time when I was in college and I was sitting in an astronomy class and this uh, high-minded professor, every little thing he could think of that just seemed to make everything so complicated out in space, to him that was just a testament that there was not a God because he could explain it all. But every time he would, he would point out yet one more thing and how complicated and yet perfect everything was out in space. To me, it was just a testimony that there had to be a God. And that's what this Scripture tells us today, that, that the very heavens, the stars that we look at, the things in outer space, all of creation on this earth testifies to how great God is. Now I want you all to watch this video and... Uh, I'm going to turn this front light off here so y'all can see a little better. Parts of it are kind of dark. But y'all go ahead and play it, Sam. Astronomers in 1996 attempted to do something extraordinary. They pointed the Hubble Space Telescope into a part of the sky that seemed utterly empty, a patch devoid of any planets, stars, and galaxies. This area was close to the Big Dipper, a very familiar constellation, and the patch of sky was no bigger than a grain of sand held out at arm's length. 
This was a somewhat risky move by the scientists. After all, observing time on this telescope is in very high demand, and some questioned whether it would be wasted trying to look at nothing. There was a real risk that the image's return would be as black as the space at which it was being pointed. Nevertheless, they opened the telescope and slowly, over the course of ten full days, photons that had been traveling for over 13 billion years finally ended their journey on the detector of humanity's most powerful telescope. Their feeble signals collected almost one by one. When the telescope was finally closed and the images were processed, the light from over 3,000 galaxies had covered the detector, producing one of the most profound and humbling images in all of human history. Every single spot, smear, and dot was an entire galaxy, and each one containing hundreds of billions of stars. Later, in 2004, they did it again, this time pointing the telescope towards an area near the constellation Orion. They opened the shutter for over 11 days and 400 complete orbits around the Earth. Using detectors with increased sensitivity and filters that allowed more light through than ever before, over 10,000 galaxies appeared in what became known as the Ultra Deep Field an image that represented the farthest we've ever seen into the universe. The photons from these galaxies left when the universe was only 500 million years old. And 13 billion years later, they end their long journey as a small blip on a telescope CCD. These galaxies, while standing absolutely still, are racing away from us, in some cases faster than the speed of light. The space-time between us and everything else grows larger by the minute, pushing the galaxies in this image to a distance of over 47 billion light-years. And because of universal expansion, the farther something is away from us, the more its light is shifted toward the red and the faster it appears to be moving. Edwin Hubble himself discovered this by measuring the redshift of many galaxies, and it's a measure of not only speed, but distance as well. Recently, Hubble scientists put the icing on the cake. Using the measured redshifts of all the galaxies inside the image, they made a 3D model of the ultra-deep field. This is how it looks when we apply the distances of the galaxies in the most important image ever taken. There are over 100 billion galaxies in the universe. Simply saying that number doesn't really mean much to us because it doesn't provide any context. Our brains have no way to accurately put that in any meaningful perspective. When we look at this image, however, and think about the context of how it was made, and really understand what it means, we instantly gain the perspective and cannot help but be forever changed by it. We pointed the most powerful telescope ever built by human beings at absolutely nothing, for no other reason than because we were curious, and discovered that we occupy a very tiny place in the heavens.
earth is. And um, Was it really only 6,000 years ago when God created everything? I'm not here to discuss that. Really, it doesn't matter to me. Because God knows things I don't think I will ever know. He understands things I don't think I can ever understand. So I, I just leave that to Him. But the fact that, that those things are so far away and there's so many of them, to me, doesn't tell me that my Bible is wrong or that my God doesn't exist. It just solidifies in my mind that, that God is so great and so mighty and so powerful. Y'all, I want you to understand something, that when you walk outside tonight and you look up and you see stars, most of what you see with your naked eye is all in our galaxy. And we just looked at a picture of galaxies that can only be seen with our most powerful telescope that are over 40-something billion light years away. A light year is, is the distance that light travels in a year. Okay? And we're talking 47 billion I can't even fathom that number light years away from us. Now, <clears throat> I got into a discussion this week with a friend at work, and we were discussing whether there was a possibility of life in this universe other than us. And I told him that I used to think there was, but I've changed my mind. Because, see, we're, we're that special to God, we're that special. You look at how great and mighty and awesome this universe is. How expansive it is. And the, the common thing that, that first comes to most people's mind, if it's so big, why did He go to all that trouble just to put us here? What I'm here to tell you all today, it wasn't no trouble. Oh, it was no trouble. He just spoke it into existence. He just spoke and there it was. You see, it wasn't any effort. And my friend said, well, then why would he have bothered doing that? What's the point in it being out there? And I'm going to tell you today the same thing I told him. I told him that it doesn't matter that it's there, but the fact that it is, that we can look and see how great and mighty this universe is, tells us something about God. See, the Creator is always greater than the created. When He put that stuff into motion, He spoke and things begin to appear and happen. It's just a testament to His glory. And you look at those things, and I mean, I don't know, some of y'all may not really understand what we showed. Some of you probably understand it way better than I do. But it makes me feel very, very small. But then, there's an upside. Because I see how small I am, and I understand at the same time how much God cares about me. Man, that's awesome. That'll make you shout when you start to realize that God cares that much about me to take personal interest and be active in my life and there's all that going on out there. Oh, He's an awesome God. Man, He's an awesome God that He's able to, at the same time, set all of that stuff in motion and still care enough about me. I can't understand that, y'all. I can't understand it. It just blows my mind. It's like a short circuit. I lose track of my thinking when I start trying to comprehend that. Let me share some more scriptures with you today. 
Hebrews 11 and 3 says, Through faith we understand, through faith now, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Creation was formed by His Word. We all know that. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There was nothing made that wasn't made by Him, right? Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning was... I'm sorry, I said that wrong. (laughs) In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we can't... I'm not going to debate with you about when all that transpired. I know the Word tells us that with God, one day is as a thousand with us. You know what that tells me? It tells me with God in eternity, there's really no time. It doesn't matter. None of that is is kept up with. It just happens, right? God's got that under control. I don't have to debate with scientists and figure out, well, how is it then that their carbon dating uh, tells them that these dinosaurs are millions of years old on this earth? I don't know, man. I don't care. It doesn't disprove God. It doesn't disprove it at all. Because when I still look around at creation, I still say, there ain't no way somebody didn't create this. There ain't no way. Do y'all realize that if our earth was tilted just a few degrees, we would either burn up or freeze to death? Do you realize that if our earth was just a little bit closer to the sun, it would be just like Venus, which is nothing but poisonous gases and acids and everything like that? And if that we were just a little bit further away, it would be a barren wasteland? Do you understand that? And we question, God, why in the world would you make all that? And then put us on this little rock. He put us right where we needed to be. I don't care if there's something else out there. You know why? Because it takes away from how He feels about me. It lessens the the degree of love if there's more out there, you see? I don't want to hear that. Because when I look at how great and expansive the universe is, and I see this little rock that He decided to put us tiny individuals on, and to know we're the only ones, man, He's got to love us. He has got to love us. He has got to care for us more than we could ever imagine. We started discussing, you know, this ain't something I sit around and think about all the time. And we started talking about this with this guy at work, and I could just poke holes in everything he threw out. It wasn't because I was even trying to. And I said, I said, well, Chris, if there's somebody else. Does that mean there was another Jesus? If there's somebody else, does that mean there's another Satan? Or were they created perfect? He didn't have an answer. Well, of course he don't have an answer. Because see, my Bible tells me there's a Son of God. 
And that He is the way, the truth, and the life. That no man comes to the Father but by Him. And it also tells me that that He saw the Son of God, saw Satan fall from heaven. Is there more than one heaven? Is there more than one God? You see, you start having to question some pretty deep-rooted, serious Christian beliefs by saying there's another world out there. There's somebody else. Real quickly, without even spending any time thinking about it, you have to answer up some serious questions. See, the Bible tells us that Satan came down to this earth. It tells us that he roams around the earth seeking who he may devour like a roaring lion. It tells us that hell, before Jesus ascended, He first descended into the depths of the earth. It didn't tell us anything about some other earth, some other planet. So there's some things that conflict there. And I'm not here to discuss aliens with y'all. I want you to understand how great our God is. Psalms 139 and 14. I will praise Thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are Thy works that my soul knoweth right well. You see, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. That means He took great care making us. You can't duplicate that over and over and over and over and over. He spent a great deal of time and effort considering how He wanted us to be. It says that we were made in His image. That doesn't mean just to look like Him. That means characteristics, traits. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Over in Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. You see, God is is so concerned about our lives. He's wrapped up in them, man. He has an investment in us. You know, that's something that... I've learned that, especially at work, when, when there's some new project, if you want to get people to, to participate in what you're trying to get them to do, you have to get some ownership from them. They have to have a piece of it. If you want them to, to take interest in it, they have to be involved somehow. That tells you something about God. It tells you because He's so interested in us, He has involvement in our life. Man, it's a God. That's a God I don't understand, y'all. But I'm glad I can't understand Him. If I could totally understand everything about Him, I wouldn't need Him. Amen? He wouldn't be greater than I am. Now, why is it important that we remember how great God is? You know, I I can get you all worked up and get you excited and you leave here, man, God is good. But if you don't know why that helps you any, it doesn't do anything for you. Because after about 30 minutes, that's going to wear off. So I want you to understand 
Why is so important to ever now and then go back and remember how great God is? I told you all last week, there's a reason to fear God. And that ain't what the reason is I'm here to tell you today. But it puts things in perspective. You start to look at these pictures and, and see everything that God did just by speaking it into existence. Man, I tell you what, you got a reason to fear God. Because He can speak and poof, you're gone. The reason why we need to understand how great God is, we see how great He is by looking at His creation. But when you start to examine these Scriptures I've just shared with you about how He feels about you, it needs to change your perspective on things. Now, Why am I telling you that? Well, see, there's this thing, I've, I've hammered on this the past month or two. There's this thing called the Great Commission. And I'm going to share that with you again. Mark 16 and 15. And this is Jesus telling the disciples. He says, And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why did He want us to do that? Anybody have an idea? Well, it's a direct answer to John 3 and 16, ain't it? For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. Why? So they wouldn't perish. Now I'm here to tell you all today, He loves us so much, y'all. He, he, he made all that stuff that we looked at in that video. But He made this earth too. And He made it just perfect. He put it in the right place. Just so we could exist here. You know, it may have took Him millions of years to put all that in motion. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I know when He put us here, it was right. He put us here at the right time. And you know what it tells me? That if He has that much love... That much interest in us to go through all that effort. I know it was no effort for Him, but He did it for us. He put us there. Then shouldn't we, as Christians, as children of the King, the Prince of Peace, as, as child of children of God, those that are going to take part in that inheritance that He has for us, shouldn't we have a little bit of concern for those that are lost and dying and going to hell? Shouldn't we say, you know what? He cared enough for me. He probably cares the same for them. And I need to do something to help them. I need to do something to reach them. I want you all to understand that you are here for that purpose right now. Otherwise, if there wasn't, He would have just tucked you on. When you accepted Him. You have a purpose here. You have something to fulfill. Why do y'all come to church? Well, I'm going to tell you why I come to church. It's just like if I come to your house. Why do you go to somebody's house to visit? To visit, Right? You go because you want to spend time with that person. 
You go because you want to talk with them. You want to have a conversation. You want to tell stories. You want to, you want to maybe even hug on them and kiss on them and love on them. You want to share stuff with them. You want them to be a part of your life. That's why I come to the house of God. There ain't no difference, y'all. There ain't no difference. So You see, when I come, I'm not only coming to receive something from Him, I'm coming to give something to Him. My time, my, my life, my interest. I want to share with Him. I want Him to be a part of my life. You see, church time ain't far reaching the world. Church time is for me and Him. This is our time. I'm not here for Brother Larry. I'm not here for Sam back here. That's not why I came. Oh, it's nice to see y'all. And it's good to have fellowship amongst other Christians. But I'm telling y'all, I come to the house of God because God is here. If He wasn't going to be here, I'm sorry. I'd find somewhere else to go. I don't care how much I like y'all. I want to go where God is, right? That's the whole point. I can go over to Brother Larry's house any time of the week. I can go over there Monday evening, whenever. It don't matter. Call him up say, hey, I'm going to come over and visit. He'll be, okay, come on. But this is my time to spend with God. It's my time. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, you know, he told us to rest on the seventh day. You know why? Because you're supposed to be working the other six. And I ain't just talking about working in this world. I'm talking about spiritual work too. We have a great commission. It's called the Great Commission because it ought to supersede everything else. The Great Commission. It didn't say the, the Little Commission or the One-Time Commission. This is the Great Commission. I hate to just you know be picky over words, but let's really say what it is, Right? This is what we're called to do. I don't care what your position is. Your call is to go into all the world, preach the gospel. Let's not, let's not leave that part out, okay? Preach the gospel with whatever is necessary to fulfill that. Preach the gospel because our God is so great. Our God is so mighty that He chooses to use us. I don't understand it. Why don't he just speak to him? You know, he did it with Abraham. He called Abraham out. He said, come out from among them. I'm going to make a people out of you. Why don't he do that today? Because he don't need to. We're here. It's our responsibility. See, there wasn't already a people There wasn't already his chosen people then. He chose him. But we are His people. See, the generation continues. We are His chosen people. The Word says that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Look, I don't know how many of y'all can look around at your life and say, oh yeah, I was a priest right there. There I was a priest. I'm a priest over here. There ain't too many times I can look at my worldly life and say, I'm being a priest. Hurts a little, don't it? Are we living up to what God called us to be? Not just to do, to be. 
I remember that little kid song. And man, I love the song. Sometimes I just sing it myself. And I ain't just trying to be funny. I really do like the song. It says, My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. Man, I love that. It says the mountains are His. The star, I, don't, I don't remember the order now. But the stars are His. Handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. You sing that a few times and see if you don't start rejoicing. I'm here to tell you all today that we need to quit being so limp in the face. Huh? Y'all hear what I'm saying? But see, when you realize how great God is... It ought to change your attitude. Because I look at how great He is and you know what I'm reminded of. After I get through examining the awesomeness of God, I'm one of His children. Man, it's awesome. If you don't get it, y'all need to come down here and let me lay hands on you. I'm telling you right now, it's awesome. When you look at His might and His glory, His immeasurable wealth, y'all need to sit and examine who God is. Think about it. He is that awesome. And I remember I'm one of His. He chose me, y'all. Oh, y'all know what predestination is? See, there's a whole lot of people that that's that's a negative word. (laughs) I'm here to tell y'all today, I'm thankful for predestination. I'm thankful that God knew me before I was formed in the womb. That He has a plan for me to give me an expected end. Do y'all know what it means to have an expected end? Do you know what it means that the God of the universe, oh, the mighty Jehovah, has such a plan for you? Oh, man, it brings tears to my eyes every time to realize that, that He is so awesome and He is so considerate of me. I'm nothing. Y'all remember I went to Six Flags one time when I was a kid. And y'all know they have that oil derrick thing there in the middle of the park. And you can go up on it and Look around with your telescopes, and I'm kind of like a comedian. I never understood why people went so high and then used a telescope to look at something they could have looked at on the ground face to face. And pay for it. But I remember going up on that tower, and I always loved heights when I was a kid, so it didn't affect me. And I went up there, and I remember looking over the edge... And I guarantee you I'd have been leaning out there if my mama would have let me. And looking at those people and thinking, man, they look awful small. Y'all know I wasn't just a couple hundred feet in the air. Sometimes we think this world is so big. We look up at night and see these stars that it's just unimaginable how far away they are. Can't even put it into words. And we think this place is so big sometimes. 
you get up on something high and you start to look around and you think, man, this is awesome. This is wonderful. And this is just a spot. That's how awesome our God is, y'all. Y'all need to get it in your heart today. You need to start worshiping Me like that. Let Him know, oh God, You are so awesome. Let Him know how much you love Him, how much you thank Him for everything He's done. Because He he did all that, but He still loves you. Oh, I just can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it when I realize He loves me so much. Oh, it's just it blows my mind, y'all. That's why I can't I can't finish because I don't know where to go. He's so awesome. Y'all stand with me this morning. I want y'all to leave here today with this on your mind. I'm not. I don't want anybody to walk out of here today feeling down in the dumps. Look. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got issues. I don't care what's going on in your life. It, 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 it does not compare to how great God is. And I want you to realize that even in the midst of your trials, just like Job said, though He slay me, yet will I praise Him. Because see, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how terrible your problems are. He's still worthy of all praise. And that's what I love about God. How I feel about it doesn't change anything. He's worthy of praise. If He never did another good thing for me the rest of my life, it don't matter because He's still worthy of praise. Oh, He's awesome. Brother Larry, would you dismiss us please?